Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. At least once a week, I'm reminded of my client, Anne, who came into my office claiming she had had an epiphany. I said, great, what was it? And she said, proudly told me that relationships aren't natural. And I smiled and I said, well, where did you get the idea that they were? And it's actually a discovery that I wish more people realized. Now, having a healthy, happy relationship that lasts does not have to be hard work, but you do have to know the basics to avoid having said relationship end up in a ditch. So today, I'm talking relationship basics with my guest, intimacy expert and author, Alana Pratt. So Alana, thanks so much for coming on the show and talking about this perennial question of how do we get, have good relationships? Oh, it is my pleasure, and we probably could talk for seven hours, but we will do our best to serve everyone listening in this time together. Thanks for having me. Well, great. So now, one of my newest sayings, my newest Leslieism, is that no one has to take a Relationship 101 class, and everyone should. So what <laughs> common mistakes, don't you love that? It's like, yes. So what common mistakes are you seeing couples making in their relationships today? Mm, it's sort of connected to your statement there that nobody has to, yet everyone <laughs> should. And right. so the common mistakes is, you know, I, I met the one, and now I can just sit back on cruise control and expect ah. this relationship to work. And mm-hmm. it's like saying, here's a new plant. Let's not water it. Let's not give it sunshine. Let's not give it fertilizer. Let's not clip off those old leaves. Why is it dying? It's the right. same thing. Or, or our bodies. I don't need to go to the gym. I don't need to sleep well. I can eat whatever I want, and I should look like the magazine cover models. No. We don't so, even look like well, themselves, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so the most common mistakes is when there's an issue – Either I'm wrong or my partner's wrong. But what if no one's wrong? What if no one's wrong? The loop they get stuck in, Leslie, is blaming themselves or blaming others. And I think underneath that behavior, the first one is, is the awareness that, you know, all relationships require feeding, nourishing. And that's not what a lot of us are taught. But the other thing is feeling. It doesn't feel good to blame ourselves, and it doesn't feel good to blame our partners. So this aversion to feeling, I think, also gets people stuck in a loop that feeling sad, scared, or mad is bad. What if it's not? What if it's just another human feeling, and that if we wouldn't resist our feelings and we leaned in, sat in the fire, learned to keep our heart open to ourselves and our partner, then we're actually going to get somewhere. Well, I love that. And you, but you said something early that I think cannot, I can't let it go by because okay, it don't. is so <laughs> common. This idea about the right versus wrong, right? That, um, <clears throat> that if I'm right, you're wrong. If you're right, I'm wrong. What if nobody's either right or wrong? And, and <laughs> like, yeah. 
And I get into this conversation so much with my clients about, and the example that I use, and listeners, I apologize if you've heard this example before, but my son has a different core body temperature than I do. And I used to ask him, you know, what's it like outside? And he'd say, oh, it's really nice. And I'd go outside and I'd be freezing to death. Because, <laughs> you know, and so for him, it was really nice. And for me, it was really cold. And so I, what I learned to do was, what is, what is the degree? Do you, know, do you know what the temperature is? And he'll say, yeah, it's 62 degrees thank you, then I knew I needed a sweater and he could still be running around in you know, his shorts and a t-shirt, right? Because right, right. Who's, I mean, it's like we can agree that the fact is it's 62 degrees outside. Now, I think it's cold. He thinks it's nice. Who's right? We both are. Yes, yes. <laughs> right? Because a lot of what people get into arguments about are opinions, not yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this and my view Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, I love what you're saying. I love what you're saying. And this is what I, I'm a coach. I have many clients, but I also have coaches because I think it's mm-hmm. out of integrity for anyone who's leading another not to be willing to, to have their own blind spots called out or to have their own emotional band-aids pointed out. So, so when I'm talking to my coach and I'm pissed about something, right. and he's like, Alana, <laughs> remember, everybody acts according to their values. Or if they're not in their open-hearted values, everyone acts according to their fears or, or it's a cry for love, that it's either a statement of love or a cry for love. It's their values or their, mm, their victim mentality, their fears. And so when I remember that, I don't need to take it personally. Mm. I can get curious and I can ask questions of myself and of the other that can bring us into a collaborative, cooperative point of view. And if we were to take this on maybe a more, I don't know, if you have metaphysical guests on your show, but that this Uh idea of like 3D, third dimension, and 5D, fifth dimension. And my understanding of this is 3D is what you just said, good, bad, right, wrong, superior, Uh inferior, winner, loser. And there's only so much uh, connection that can happen when one person's always going to be the loser. I mean, how yummy is that when every single interaction is a battle? And there's a loser and a winner. So we can call that third dimensional. And it's very young, um, spiritually young, as a way of looking at life. And it comes from fear. And it comes Mm -hmm. from lack. And our invitation as we evolve, as our hearts and souls and relationships evolve, is to move into 5D, fifth dimension, where there is no winner or loser. It's not you or me. It's us. What could be best for us? What could be best for we? How could we collaborate, cooperate, complement, not compete, uh, but complement one another so that it could be even better for both of us? Because when it's better for both of us, then we have this overflow of compassion and creativity and care for humanity, and the whole planet gets better. And so this is an invitation to let go of the 3D, I'm right, you're wrong, into, hmm, First, be an allowance that they're doing their best, 
They're operating according to their values. You're operating according to your values. And then ask questions like, well, how could this be better for both of us? How could this work for both of us? How could this empower the relationship? And it takes curiosity. It takes bravery. But my goodness, then quote-unquote conflicts actually become the, the fertile ground for deeper intimacy. Well, and, and I love what you're saying, and I could not agree more with you about this, but what you're talking about, this, I mean, this is why coaches go to school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, these are, these are not everyday skills that people no. run into. And, you know, and, and I, will, I will say this until they throw dirt over my face. <laughs> Fear is the strongest emotion that exists. The, now, love is the only thing that can counterbalance that. Well, love and knowledge, but in terms of emotion. But, you know, and fear is that powerful because it's this primal thing that keeps us alive. And so when, so when I'm in my fear and you're, coming, and, and you're coming to me with something that I don't understand, that's scary, that, you know, just sets off my whole primal mechanism, now we're in a... And and if I haven't learned what to do with that in a productive way, it's like, I can be destructive. I mean, I've I've said this, you know, in in my earlier days, and most of the time I'm pretty good at it now, but nobody wants to get into a, a real fight with me because when my primal brain is triggered, I am down in the mud, fighting, scratching, Kicking. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a mean fighter. And oh, yeah. I had to learn that it's like, I'm, I'm destroying relationships, right? Because yeah. I'm, and, and, and the funny thing is, is a lot of times my fear was kicked off by thinking I'm going to be abandoned. So then my behavior just, you know, just basically said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm walking away from this crazy person, you know. And then, of course, it just confirms. You know, and, and, and this is the feedback loop we get ourselves into. And then, of course, we blame our partners because, if, well, if my partner hadn't said this thing to make me mad, then blah, 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 you know, on and on and on, yeah. right? As opposed yeah. to, no, your behavior is just not okay. <laughs> yeah, but, but well said. This isn't what we learn. And so we, you know, and we do. We bring this in because it's like my partner like my child is going to have different experiences from that's a given people. <laughs> yes. yes. But, but that's where a lot of the problems start, isn't it? Yes. Leslie, you got, you totally get it. When we're triggered first, even before that, we cannot create, we cannot stay present. We cannot create what's the highest good for all on top of an emotional trigger. This is when we go into fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. This is when we go into our primal brain, and we will kill before we get Mm -hmm. killed. And the more clever we are with words to kill them, or physical abuse, domestic violence happens, or revenge, all these these problems occur Mm -hmm. because when we're little, we're just trying to survive. But as we get older, we're, we're wanting to shift from that survival into thriving. And we must integrate 
process and heal these unhealed emotional charges or triggers or traumas, or like Leslie was saying, we're going to react, not respond. So there is a very destructive power that comes from heartbreak and betrayal that Mm -hmm. this feeling of like overwhelming loss or pain from, as you said, abandoned or being betrayed or used. And then sometimes people even have this sick pleasure in your suffering because they're so seeing red, right? right? And it literally destroys our capacity to trust again or find true intimacy, connection, collaboration, cooperation again. And so on a physiological level, because I'm, I'm sort of geeky with the science, I like to be <laughs> able to prove what my intuition is guiding me towards. Mm-hmm. I had the blessing of doing a, a meditation for the annual conference for HeartMath. And HeartMath is a scientifically proven organization. They talk about coherence, coherence of the heart. And that you cannot think your way into coherence. You can only feel your way. And when we want to try to feel, but our heart is closed, terrified to be abandoned again, terrified to Uh be abused again, we cannot get into coherence, which means we can't get out of the fight or flight or freeze part of our brain. And we're always hypervigilant. We're skeptical. And we're even looking for our worst case scenario so it doesn't happen again. But whatever you focus on, expands so that next relationship that next interaction you're going to find it you're literally looking for it so you get very good at surviving and killing others off before they kill you off so what is the solution to this well Well, it's doing inner work with somebody Mm, yes right well before we get to the solution i want to just continue to investigate some of the common mistakes so so one is is the right wrong staying in that that 3d that you talked about yeah. Um, you, know, you talked about that relationships require tending, and people, please do not misinterpret that as work, right? You know, tending and nurturing doesn't have to be onerous. Um, and, you know, and, no, it's and like appreciate each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, what a concept that. Um, you know. um, no, there's, also, I, there's a lot of. I, mm-hmm. I did hear you also say something about, you know, the, the, not just the right and wrong, but the actual, bl- either the blame for our partner or the self-blame. Are there other common mistakes you're, you're seeing? Oh, my goodness, yes. Well, they, when it comes to the, 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 what heartbreak looks like in, a, in your world, it could like be like separating yourself or isolating yourself from your partner. It could mm-hmm. fidelity. I'm to go get some appreciation from somebody on the side who doesn't make me feel ashamed or blamed. It could be um, sort of passive aggressive or emotional abuse or putting your partner down in front of someone else. It could be downright lying. No, I didn't do that. And not taking ownership or responsibility. It could be addiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could be addictions from anything to that bag of chips at 1 a.m. in the morning to porn addictions or drug or alcohol addictions or even work addictions, Mm -hmm. anything not to face and feel and connect with yourself and with your partner. Um, Often when I see uh, divorces, they they will use the kids uh, as a a ploy or toy Uh or seeking revenge, and um, that one is a very, very painful, unfortunate one. And then lastly, I would say when people start to get really depressed, suicidal, this is a definite 
shoving down of the emotions inside where you just don't want to even try anymore. It just gets hopeless and you want to give up. Well, and these are, you know, I mean, and, and you're talking about some, some very serious things and, you know, and, and most of the time people just don't wake up one day being addicted to alcohol or, how, you know, I was like, you know, the, you know, Dr. Phil, you know, don't you just hate it when you're walking down the street minding your own business and suddenly you find yourself in bed with somebody who's not your spouse? I mean, you know, it's like, it's like you know, affairs, I always love that, affairs don't just happen, right? They're, yes. you know, all of these things are a series of decisions and choices. And, and when I say choices, I'm not necessarily talking about conscious choices. But, you know, it, you know in one of the things when uh, it, it bothers me a lot when people say, you know, once a cheater, always a cheater, and eh, that's not always true. Um, but if we understand what, what was missing, you know, why, why I want to spend time with this person who makes me feel good versus spending time with this person who makes me feel bad. I mean, when you put it like that, it's like, well, gee, that's a no-brainer. Um, yeah. But we're not necessarily thinking about the long-term consequences of this you know, these are all these things that are yeah. happening and, you know, at, at the feeling level. And I know that there are a lot of people, many of them with Y chromosome, who look at emotion and feeling as unimportant, useless, <laughs> um, you know, kind of in the way stuff because, by the way, it's mostly there, it, it's because feeling is very scary, especially yeah. what I call the harder feelings. I will never call them negative because that, that is a judgment. But they're ones we don't want to feel. We don't want to feel that hurt, that sadness, that, that fear, that being yeah. close in an intimate relationship with somebody else bring up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can, like, loneliness, frustration, Mm -hmm. self-blame, insecurity, anxiety, shame, guilt, all of these are very difficult to feel, and I agree, they are hard to feel, but what's sad, either just be seen, not heard, boys don't cry, and Mm. and even though we might, quote-unquote, blame the Y chromosome for not being more um, open to feeling their emotions, it's almost like they've created it with themselves. When I, I coach men and women and couples, oh, yeah. and, the, and the men, it's like there's only one man on top. The rest of the male population lost. So the competition is, is, is destructive for men within a community of men, not just between men and women. And this, oh, yeah. so it's back, it's back to that idea that um, anything to, to dominate you make you submissive, shame you into, into so that I can win and you lose. Well, this is a way that men do this to men as well. They, they shame each other for not, mm-hmm. for, for basically feeling. And then a lot of us grow up with, and it doesn't have to be a man. I mean, a lot no. of women in their masculine who are out there, you know, the, the boss, the boss mom or the boss woman, mm-hmm. um, who also have said, no, 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 I'm not going to feel anything. And they live in their head and the, the thing is, the criticism that they're getting from the outside is also the criticism on the inside of how they treat themselves, how they talk to themselves, how they shame mm-hmm. themselves, which is, I mean, nothing lowers your vibration faster than speaking shamefully and critically to yourself or making your own fear and anxiety wrong. And so this is right. definitely an issue. It's not safe to feel, period, within ourselves. Yeah. 
And it's sure as hell not safe to feel in front of your partner and let them see you be weak and out of control mm-hmm. and feeling uncertain. So this is the place that's a portal to a new reality in relationships across the board. What if feeling was okay? Maybe we don't have to say we like all the feelings. Right. But what if feelings right. weren't wrong or bad? What if they were okay? And what if they were the portal to greater self-esteem, greater inner worth, and greater connection and intimacy with our partner? And I love that. And this is Happily Ever After. It's just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Gores, and I'm talking relationship mistakes with intimacy expert and author Alana Pratt. And the truth is, There is information available about how to have a good relationship. The problem? Most people don't seek it out. They figure it's too much work, they need their partner on board, or things aren't that bad, so why risk change? And if any of this describes you, you're settling for what I call a less than relationship. And you do not have to. A little bit of information and a few new skills is all you need for a better relationship. And if you're ready to have that, I can help. I invite you to get in touch with me and take advantage of my complimentary five-star relationship consultation. You can reach me by email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S. Coaching, N as in Nancy, C as in Charlie.com, or you can reach me by phone at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. And now I want to get back to this conversation about relationships and feelings with Alana. And, you know, Alana, I think this is, I was just reading something about, um, you know, it was about a couple of business people who did TED Talks and then Brene Brown's TED Talk on vulnerability and which one was the most watched. And by far and away, it was Brene Brown's vulnerability. And, and, you know, and you're talking about feelings as the portal and vulnerability as the path to real intimacy, which we mm. know that's what it is. But, you know, getting, getting through this and acknowledging that feelings are they aren't good they're not bad they exist they exist for a reason and you know just like when we put our hand on a hot stove getting burned tells us don't do that again <laughs> yeah that's a good idea i mean the same thing is true when we're when we're feeling hurt or sad or frustrated or scared that's information yeah why do why do we run from it so hard well, we've been judged. Um, I don't know about well, how true. you were raised, but when our, when our parents are, are stressed, tired, they've worked a long day, and then the kids are cranky, they don't want to, they don't have any extra capacity, any, any resources to then mm-hmm. be present and say, oh, you have every right to feel scared. Tell me more. It's just like mm-hmm. shut the kid down, get the food on the table, you know, put them in the bath and start all over tomorrow. So most of us, even though our parents did their best, were not raised where it was safe, normal, healthy, invited, welcomed to be a human. No, only half a human. I only want the happy things, the good things. Right. I don't want to hear about any grade that you didn't get anything higher than, you know, whatever, like anything less right. than an A. I don't want to hear that I you had a bully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear that you're struggling. I don't want to hear anything. 
And that's really our own job as, as adults to develop the capacity, no matter how we were raised, to feel our own feelings. It has to start with ourselves first. And so when, if we can, I call it sit in the fire, we could call it taking those five breaths, we could call mm-hmm. it compassion and empathy, but we need to learn how to be with all of life. Like we, we, we think, I just want to be happy. I just want to be rich. I just want to be thin. But you know what? Right. If you're happy every single day, you don't even know you're happy anymore because there's no context. <laughs> right. Well, because, no now, because that just, yeah, that just resets the thermostat. But as you're saying this, I'm just remembering my father who used to say, if you don't stop crying, I'm going to give you something good to cry about. Now, I mean, and even there as a you child, go. That's a good one. <laughs> I mean, and even yeah. as a child, I thought that was a stupid statement. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like, what? You know, but, but it does, and, this is, and, and, and I'm wondering if this maybe is one of the other challenges that, that relationships have, is that they take time, and I don't mean extra time, but, but it takes time to slow down and be present and listen yes. and share. Whether, you know, and, you know, I mean, and, and I've talked about this before on the show where busy is the new badge of honor and that if yeah. you are not doing busy as an exhausted, right, mm-hmm. but you're, but if you're not doing something, you're wasting time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm going, okay, so, and so we're trying to shove these relationships, these really critical relationships into 30-second segments, which is not, you can't do. I mean, it's like, no. You bring up you another know. great, you bring up another great point, Leslie, because busy and exhausted equals the badge of honor. Let's go underneath that. What's the presupposition mm-hmm. of that? Our worth is from the outside in, not from the inside out. It's our accomplishments, not our beingness itself, which then makes emotions even lower on the scale of worthiness to even pay attention to. Because if I don't achieve more and accomplish more and keep that and keep that growing and never let them see me sweat and always have more and more and more, I'm not worthy. We've collapsed worth and accomplishment. And so when we begin to rewire ourselves as if my two hands were in a clasp together and then I unclasp them, over on one mm-hmm. side is worth and over on the other side is accomplishments and achievements. And I love to accomplish and achieve. We're on doing a radio right. show for you right now. Like we love it. We love to serve. Yeah. We love to like to, to contribute. However, if our worth is based on you liking us, agreeing with us, working with us, like or how many likes you get on Facebook or whatever – then we are victims to you. We're giving our power away to you. And a lot of us do this in our life with our relationships. We give our worthiness away. Do you like me? Do you approve of me? You're the source of my happiness. What? You don't like me? Then I'm not happy. All of our power is the outside in, and it's time to take it inside out. But when we do that, what we're faced with is when we look inside, we're not going to like everything we see. (laughs) What? I've got to like my humiliated part? My insecure part, my freak, right. freaked out, sad, scared part. And so this is when we go, oh, I've been misinterpreting the value of emotions. Everybody says like body, mind, spirit. They don't just say mind. And the right. body and spirit is, is the realm of energy and the realm of emotions. And so if we want to be unconditionally loved on the outside in, but we don't love ourselves unconditionally on the inside, that's 
you know, batshit crazy. <laughs> we need to well, cultivate this unconditional allowance of self, acceptance of self. All the parts equally get to come to the round table of life. Well, and I'm so glad that you mentioned this because as, as you were talking, you know, I'm thinking about the, the younger generations who have, def- and, and, you know, before we got on the call, I was talking about having an emergency dime in my shoe. <laughs> For those of you who are old enough to remember payphones and that once upon a time they cost a dime. Um, but yes. you know, right now with this 24-7 connected world where, you know, there are, where social media, you know, influencers, and I have to look like this, and I have, you know, we're, and you, you're talking about the number of likes, and, and you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's destructive, and I don't, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to sound like a Luddite, which sometimes I actually am, because I actually do like modern technology, but, but it almost seems like there's no, there, there are no guardrails to it, and, and our young people, um, you know, have anxiety and depression and, you know, and, and feelings of lack of self-worth because they're comparing themselves to, I don't know who the, I don't, you know, the Kardashians or, or the Jenners or whoever, you know, whoever the top person is these days, I'm dating myself. But, you know, that, that somehow I'm lacking because I, I'm not, I haven't made a million dollars by the time I'm 15. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm 52 and I haven't made a million dollars. I'm older than that and I still haven't made a million dollars, so we're, we're all right there together. But, you know, and, and, why, and why is the million dollars the, you know, the standard thing? of being good enough? Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. as, as, opposed, as opposed to feeling loved and cared for and loving. I mean, <laughs> these, these things that, I mean, because, you know, I mean, the studies have shown that, the quality of our life is directly correlated to the quality of our relationships. And, yes. but, but we're all chasing these things that don't have anything to do with improving the quality of our relationships. Yes, and again, to me, it comes back to no one's taught us how to feel and that feelings are the gateway to, well, to the soul, to the heart. Mm-hmm to self-love, to unconditional love, to worthiness and deserving and belonging. Back to the Brene Brown comment about vulnerability. Vulnerability is about putting down your walls, being Mm -hmm. transparent, being honest, not defending, not justifying, truly being a listener who's curious, not trying to win or dominate the conversation. It's about heart splayed wide open while simultaneously having your own back and that if someone else rejects you, you don't reject you. Someone else doesn't appreciate you, you appreciate you. You no longer have your worth outside in. You cultivate and nourish your worth from the inside out. And as you said, uh, I don't remember which segment it was, but slowing down. That's also not valued because you don't accomplish much when you're sitting there loving yourself, just sitting there loving yourself, which is probably the most important thing you could ever do. But, you know, do you get a higher crypto balance by doing that? <laughs> like instantly, no. Eventually, yes. 
and this is a new point of view I'd like to really ask us all to consider. What kind of choices do we make when we hate ourselves and we're busy and we're exhausted and we yell at the kids and we roll our eyes at our spouse and we don't take time for meditation or exercise or eating well? What kind of choices do we make? Pretty, 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 pretty low vibrational. No, no, we don't. Because we're coming from the lowest vibration of shame, guilt, fear, anger, unresolved emotions and anxiety and all the rest of it. So it's sort of like there's a funny, um, I think it's a Zen story. If you've got four hours to cut down a tree, spend three and a half sharpening the saw. Mm -hmm. Why? You're going to do a better, more efficient, more effective, higher vibrational job in those last 30 minutes if you spent the first three and a half hours sharpening the saw. So what does that mean in our life? Sharpening the saw is slowing down. Sharpening the Mm -hmm. saw is speaking kindly to ourselves and others, especially in those hard moments when they're scared, sad, or mad. Acknowledge. You don't have to agree Mm -hmm. with what your partner is saying, but you could understand and have compassion and say, wow, you have every right to feel that way. Tell me more. Just well, I mean, that being acknowledged and listened to feels so whole and, and yummy that from that place, we can measure you from heart math. They have these little things called inner balance, and you measure your level of coherence. And when you're mean to yourself, the number is low. When you're attached to the results, the number is low. And even if you've had a horrible day and you can't find anything to appreciate, you can still be compassionate that you've done your best, that raises the number. And it can't be a thought. It has to be a feeling, which means you've got to get out of your head and into your body and learn to navigate energy and emotion and learn to keep your vulnerable heart open in the face of anything and have, I call it little you. There's a little you. Well, there's probably a lot of them, but there's a little you inside your heart who needs your hug, your care, and not a strategy. Okay, I'll be nice to you right now if you just get happy. I'll be nice to you right now if you could just be confident. I'll be nice to you right now if we could just make a little more money. No, no, no. That's a strategy, an agenda, a manipulation, and it doesn't feel good. This is really about cultivating, and I've I've cultivated, well, I've worked at this for 20 years, and I've created what I call the Alana Pratt Method processes. And one of them, the most, probably the most powerful, is the little you um, process meditation. Uh And it's the willingness to go into that dark corner of your heart where the part of you that you don't want anyone to know about, the part that's Mm -hmm. embarrassed, scared, ashamed, Mm -hmm. and you sit there with them and you lock the door and you throw away the key and you say, you know what? I am so sorry for shaming you and trying to fix you and judge you all these years. I apologize. I am here to be with you as you are. And here's the most important line. Even if you never change, that's unconditional. Conditional yeah. is you better change, so we look good. You better change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and most of and us, you, you know, and, and it's interesting because we all seek unconditional love but are not very good at granting it to ourselves or to, to anybody, ourselves. actually. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and, and this goes back to that where we started with the whole right and wrong kind of thing. It's like, you know, that's, that's, that's a judgment, and... And judgment is, is conditional. And, you know, it's, yes. and, you know, and, and the thing is, it's, we don't need to take the sword to the Gordian knot. We can actually just start pulling on the threads. And, and, you know, and so this is a, a wonderful place. And thank you so much for bringing this up because it leads right into where can people find out about the Atlanta Pratt Method? 
Oh, you're so sweet. At my site, Alana Pratt. <laughs> AlanaPratt.com. We have a lot of free resources there, one being your intimacy blind spot assessment. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of us are very clever. We live in our minds. But only mm-hmm. 5 to 8% of um, what we know is conscious. What's running the show is really the 95, 98% underneath the subconscious. So you're not going to be able to notice your intimacy blind spot. It's unconscious. That doesn't mean you're stupid or wrong or broken. No. It just means it's designed to hide because it's way down there in an unintegrated, unhealed wound that's literally programmed scientifically to repel love, repel intimacy, well, it's so repel funny connection. What you're describing, what you're describing, is the iceberg, and we're all Titanic's heading heading straight for it. With most of it being well underneath the surface. Yeah, well said. Um, yeah, and so this helps people um, begin to go, oh, that's what's really going on. And then we have various different programs that we can support you with in, in integrating these wounds so you don't keep repeating the same pattern within yourself and with your partner. So please go check out Alana's site because I think you will find it just incredibly helpful because, uh, thank as you. I say, relationships are natural up to a point. But if you want to be good at something, it helps to master the fundamentals, then build on them. So what help do you need and what can you do to get it? And hopefully you'll continue to listen to my show and to wonderful guests like Alana. And until next week, stay loving.